I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Babe. 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 I'm Laura. And I'm Ryan. And this is Babe. Babe. Okay, we're back for a whole new episode of Babe. Can you believe it? I know, it's an actual miracle. Yeah, but we've recorded these for years. <laughs> <laughs> we've been doing this since we knew each other. Yeah, without without a microphone. Um, and today also marks another day that I got to wake up to the sounds of Ryan having sex. Well, can I, can I put it into context? Oh! <laughs> the brain still works. Oh, look at that. Oh, making jokes on the fly. Okay, so last night, Jonathan and I got into, like, a hilarious fight. Oh. We, we Did you hear us in the courtyard? No. <laughs> our, what our time? I came home midnight. after you guys were asleep. Midnight. Our our uh, our neighbors probably think we're like, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, because we went to we went to a friend's house. To, I had a screener of I, Tanya, who was a total babe, and we'll get to that later. Um, and then... Like it was fine, and then Jonathan got really lit about it, and I don't whatever. He's lit like, about what? He's protective because he's like working with Margot in a movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Honey, so, I'm trying to stay likable on this podcast, and when you bring the biz talk into it, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. And by the way, Margot was incredible in the movie, and the movie is incredible. Yeah, there was just there was. So just, you got in a fight about no, no, Margot Robbie? There were just certain criticisms that the internet was saying, which I agreed which I agreed on, which is that no spoilers, treats, please. It treats abuse. The first 20 minutes as a joke. It does like there's actual like child abuse and it's like played for laws. And then it like shifts to like a no law abuse like moment. But it like the first 20 minutes are like, ha ha. She's getting like literally beaten up by her mom. Ha 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 ha. And then she like starts getting beaten up, beaten up by her boyfriend. And they're like, Oh, this is bad. And you're like, kind of like, it's a weird tonal shift. Okay? Well, maybe they're using a law to lead you into an all. Well, yeah, that's Jonathan, whatever. So, Jonathan got really team defen- Jonathan. Well, and so Jonathan <laughs> got VV defensive and I was like, whatever. I actually truly don't care. It's just a fucking movie. And, uh, then on the way home, he was just like lit again. Cause Jonathan gets lit in a way that's really annoying. Like, mm-hmm. like I call it like he blares out because once we were eating dinner at the restaurant blares and he like went psycho about something. And it was like, <laughs> he was, tr- it was like truly embarrassing. I actually like, almost stormed out of the restaurant. I was like, you need to get a hold of yourself because this is insane. So I'm like, you're blaring out when he goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he was on the car, on the Uber ride home. I was so tired. And it was like after it was like midnight and I was like, please, can we just not talk about like internet culture and like I, Tanya, I just like, don't like, I need to like, <laughs> I need to go to bed. I'm like, I'm fucking tired. This is a then, real babe fight. And then so, I'm glad that you're, so, I'm glad that you're telling the truth. I mean, honest. J- Jonathan's like, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. That's me. And I could tell he was really upset because I guess I never say, let's not talk about something serious or whatever. He's like, you always want to get into it. And I was just feeling so tired. I did not want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he would be like, that's fine. And then he'd come back and be like, but and I'm like, 
please stop talking. I just like, I need space. I like need quiet time. Like stop. He's like, it's fine. And they'd be like, but there's another thing. Margo, I tell ya, internet culture. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, please stop. So then we were trying to drop us off, us off. And he just is picking at me and picking at me and picking at me. Oh, you were fighting in the Uber. In the courtyard. Did the Uber well, driver the, weigh in on No, he didn't. It? We got out of the Uber. And then was we the Uber to- driver laughing? No. No, it was not. It no. wasn't a funny fight. No, it was not funny. And then it was a serious, it was fight, a serious fight about I, Tanya. <laughs> it was a serious fight. And then inter- don't forget internet culture. Don't forget. So uh, then on the like in the way through the courtyard, I literally am just like, stop torturing me. You're torturing me. You're torturing me. You're torturing me. Because that's what it feels like. Like, remember that scene in Search Party episode one, yes. season one, yes. where she's like, shut up. Shut up. Shut yes. the fuck up. That's literally what it was. It was a shut the fuck up moment. Because he, I would be like, please, quiet time. He'd be like, okay. And another thing. And I'm like, stop. It actually feels like you're being tortured. It actually does. It feels like torture. Yes. I have been there as well <clears throat> in like a relationship fight where you ask the other person to just please stop. Like you don't want to talk about it anymore. And then it keeps going and it's just like what? And then it, it, it brings me to an explosion as well. Totally. So, so that's so guys, I literally, I was in the courtyard being like, you're torturing me. You're torturing me. You're torturing me. And I'm like, I can only imagine like what our neighbors are thinking. <laughs> and then, uh, I was like, I was like, I'm going to cry. Do you want me to cry? I'm going to cry. <laughs> Because I actually thought I was going to cry because he was torturing me That's so a, bad. I like a threaten to cry. Yeah, I know. I just like usually I, start new, crying. It was a new move. I hadn't tried that out. That's yet. a real. I like a. I'm but going I did to cry. Feel like I was going to cry because he would not leave me alone. I really wish that I had been home. I, I would have so... opened. I would have drawn open my balcony doors <laughs> and watched with triumph it's at you true. guys screaming at each other. So, anyways, any gays. Um. We we went inside and we made up and we were just like I'm sorry he's like he's like you know he explained his side of the story which was true and whatever everyone had valid points we're really good at like talking shit out we are yeah and so we went to bed and then this morning we apologized again and then we had like crazy makeup sex and then your genitals apologized to each other yeah they did the final thank you or, uh, yeah final I'm sorry tour well so I'm um, glad that I got to bear it was witness great. to that I've had a really great day actually I, I got woke <laughs> up I got fucked and then uh, I did some good writing for about a few hours and mm-hmm. then I worked out and then I got a chemical peel on my back <laughs> <laughs> you've had a really productive day I've had a really I cram it in you, know. you did literally and figuratively. Oh, so I thought of a song. This is so crude, but <sighs> I feel like the fans love it when I sing. <laughs> That's a lie that you're telling yourself. And what the fans want, the fans want. I mean, I you know, look, this is a business. We need to make you know, this is we need we we need to make money. So we should just give them what they want. I thought of a song. Well, in the shower, it's like the best part of waking up is Jonathan in my butt. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually That's like sick grossed gross. out right now isn't that sick that's sick like i feel badly Nothing asking anyone to like stop having sex but i would just love it if everyone within like a 50 foot radius of my apartment would stop having such all right you're so full of shit because it's like you literally could go out and get laid like literally today like you and it's just like and just have sex already for fuck's sake i do have sex you don't have sex ryan i have dated someone like a month ago who you know who oh you whatever. don't even count a person you like troll me so hard for like why don't you date and you i literally just dated someone but that was like not really dating that, that was that was it was dating, dating. It was i dated dating. someone it was bachelor everyone dating. i dated someone for like a couple months and then i broke things off it was bachelor him. style it was long distance. so what so they'd get Still together dating. for trips 
It's still dating. I just don't, I don't think it's so much to ask to like not want to hear people just getting railed around me all the time. Well, you would Every once in a way. while, it's great. I would feel that way. I would exactly feel that way about you and our neighbor. When you were getting fucked on the regular, you didn't say anything about me and Jonathan having sex. Because I never heard you because you guys weren't having sex. We were having sex. You, you just- weren't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would literally be like, I had sex today. And you'd be like, oh, I haven't had sex in weeks. No. Yes. We've never gone that long. We've gone, we've probably gone like one or two weeks, the latest. But yeah, maybe you're right. We did, we did, you did have down. a, you had like a bit of a dry period. We did have a dry spell. And we never went, we always had sex once a week though. We did, but it was very, it felt very routine and mechanical. Uh, well, it wasn't your point. like passionate Saturday morning, no. first thing in the AM wake up sex. And the AM. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> Me and Laura hissed at each other for, for, for reasons that are very clear. The neighbor had sex two times this week. I heard her yesterday. Yeah, and I weird. almost... She had sex at like 5 p.m. I know. It's weird. What a weird time to have sex. I almost opened the window and said something, but then I real- <laughs> I chickened out. But then I resolved that next time I'm going to do it. Okay, good. Because And it's it, not. It makes- I'm not trying to shame her. I'm really just like, please, like... Just stop. Like, it's so loud all the time. Yeah. You can open the window like once every two months, but the rest of the time, keep your window closed. I agree. I think you should, you know, if you see, we live in a communal, we live in a communal living space. It's not like I live on like three acres of my own private land. Yes. I live in my own private apartment. Yes. And I want her to respect me. Um, well, that's enough about that. (laughs) (laughs) so uh you wanted to talk about something interesting this week which is toxic friendships oh yeah because i call i called laura up because i get these ideas yeah (laughs) what gave you this idea because i just thought of like friendships that i've had where that have been a total babe just like not good toxic unhealthy Mm -hmm. and it's embarrassing how long these friendships lasted and it's all early mid-20s it's all like when you don't know yourself yet so you kind of let other people decide who you are for you and it's about you know not having boundaries and blah 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 and i feel like everyone can relate to babe friendships and i think that like and in terms of like putting it in terms of like pop culture and stuff like 2007 like celebrity friendships were a total babe yeah like like Lindsay lohan and nicole ritchie like Mm -hmm. i mean paris hilton and everybody everyone like but her and britney for sure Britney who? Britney Spears, hello. Oh, I thought you were like Britney Gastineau. And I was like, ew. Get the fuck out of here. Britney <laughs> no. Spears. Yeah, Britney Spears for sure. Well, Britney's like, like literally like Paris Hilton, that was just her seeing a moment of like, ooh, th- like she's fresh off her divorce. Like, let me get her claws in her and like show her how to like do this. And like, it was like, like just picking up Britney from like the bathroom floor and just being like, here you go, honey. Oh, and don't but kind of like door. trouncing her out and about for more attention. Oh, of course. For her, for her own pile profile to be lifted. And, she, you know, Britney was like heavily medicated. She didn't know up from down. So, or uppers from downers. Yeah. And she just like was like, all right, let's go to the club, y'all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, cool. Also, a cool thing. Don't wear underwear. She was a mentally ill person at that point in time. Yeah, of course. And Paris just took advantage of that. Yeah. So I just thought of like my own like Paris and uh, Britney friendships <laughs> through the past. I, I had this one when I lived in San Francisco. I went to SF State for two years, not to brag. <laughs> <laughs> what did you study while you were there? I don't know. Drama. 
No, I don't know what I studied. You had no major? I, no, I was a freshman and sophomore. Oh, okay. I, I took like weird GE classes and just like fucking... Just like know, live, laugh, on. love. Yeah, it was freshman and sophomore year. Like, okay. You don't do anything. And uh, I had this, this gay frond. I was... This was a very celibate time for me. <laughs> and so I was very desperado for any kind of male attention, any kind of gay male contact. I thought... Because I came out of the closet and actually had sex with three people. Oh, wow. And then, and that was in Ventura. So I thought, surely in SF, uh, you know, like, I will be fine. I'll be like chest deep in dick. And it did not work out that way at all. Uh, the only person I hooked up with my entire two years I was there is that I blew my freshman year roommate. <laughs> <laughs> was it awkward after that? No, <laughs> it was fine. Did you live in a dorm? Yeah. Wild. Yeah, I think I've told you the story. Like, he came in. He was like, oh, I just got blue-balled by this girl. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you can jack off here if you want. It was insane. <laughs> and he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, <laughs> okay. And so he started, like, touching himself. And I was In like, front of you? Yeah. And then I was like, I can help you finish. And he was like, yeah. And then I blew him and he cried. <laughs> He literally cried and was like, don't tell anyone about this. Oh, my God. Um, you guys then, are both babes. But it's scenario. weird because, okay, so it doesn't end there. So we've we stayed in touch for a few years. He's a nice guy. How long did you live together? Just one, Just one semester or one year? One year. But but we did, it was at the end of the year, so we did move out like a week later. So it wasn't that. Oh, weird. okay. I thought that you this was like at the beginning of the year. No, it was a bon, it was a bon voyage gift. It was <laughs> it was in the gift basket. So then we saw each other actually intermittently, like for the next few years. He came to New York at one point when I was living there, mm-hmm. and uh, he tried to do it again. And oh, so he wasn't gay, by the way. This was not someone who was closeted. It was someone who kind of got off on being wanted, which was very interesting. Yeah, he was really into just being desired. He didn't really care about my dick or my ass yeah. or whatever so it was all about being worshipped actually and so when i was living in new york he tried to hook up again but like he just he just wanted me to suck his dick when he didn't want to do anything to me and i was like hard pass and he got the one-sided hookup he got really mad he got actually he got furious he was like what the fuck like mm, and like pouted and then slept on the couch uh, i know and got really mad. And then, and then, <laughs> I went, oh, this is bad. I mean, I don't want to, whatever. He got married. So I. <laughs> Did you go to the wedding? No, but I saw, I met him and his wife. And mm-hmm. uh, it was still flirty. Like, there's just a vibe between us. It was like pretty intense. Like, Did I. Did his like, wife know that you guys had hooked up? No, I don't think so. God, no. No, 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 no. But he was really nice. And, you know, I miss him. <laughs> Uh, oh that was a touching story so literally beyond, beyond that so freshman sophomore year it was all about misshapes annex new york funky style being cool hipsters cobra snake so i really adapted that because i had like no self-esteem just like wanted to be very cool like cory kennedy style mm-hmm. and there was this guy there that was like in the scene a little bit and so we just were like nightmares together in sf but he like he was really hot and he like made me feel like a true like gargoyle yeah he was like how much do you weigh 180 <laughs> <laughs> yeah he said that to me one time and i was like ah! no he was psychologically like totally abusive towards me and then we get into these weird insane wrestling matches like there was just like weird oh, erotic no babe it was 
homoneurotic. It was like, it was crazy. Wow. Like, it was not, it was like, we'd like leave each other with bruises and like, like, it was like me and actually Mike, I guess there's a wrestling theme in my life, a motif. Yeah. Um, a homotif. <laughs> no, I'm no. sorry. Put it in, putting it in the pun jar. So he just made me feel like shit, like all the time. He put me down constantly. It was bizarre. Yeah. It was like, it was like, and I got off on it because I was so starving Marvin for any kind of male attention that I was like, okay, well, I guess this is like what I deserve. Well, also when you really admire someone else and you look up to them a lot, you take a lot of, you can find yourself in a position where you're taking was, a lot of shit from I them. thought he was cooler than me, even though yeah. the more I got into the friendship, I realized he was a fucking joker with like no friends and like a loser and like toxic. But I still was like, oh, but he's cute and he pays attention to me. And like, I, that's like, that's what I needed. But it lasted, it lasted for like two and a half years. And then mm-hmm. he moved to New York and I moved to New York too. And like, right when I got to New York, it was like, he was so mean to me. I, I don't even remember what the, the final straw was, but he said something and I was like, done. And then I never talked to him and he like texted me being like, what's going on? So I took him to a Starbucks in the East Village and broke up with him. <laughs> he wore a blue nose. I'll never forget. He wore a blue newsboy cap. Ew, my God. I know. God. It was sick. It was sick. I was like, I really don't know you. Yeah. That is grounds for termination. I know. I was like, honey, mm, scary. Ooh. He went from it girl to that girl. So, uh, yeah, so that was like the darkest friendship I think I ever had because I have never allowed myself to be treated so bad, like badly before. It was bizarre and it was like, it was a drug. I was like addicted to him treating me like shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like he'd like, it's like, I don't know. It was, it was really weird and I'm glad to be out of that. <laughs> yeah. No, those, it's definitely nice to have those like in the rear view mirror yeah. of life, like having gone through those and come out the other side. Yeah. I cause I like had some toxic relationships in my twenties. Yeah. Like that were just, cause I have a real affinity, I think, cause I grew up around, I grew up with like a really psychotic ex stepmother as like a female role model for me. So then I think that left me feeling very like attracted and like drawn to like other females with that type of energy. And I'd find myself in like hardcore friendships with women that were like oftentimes like off their rocker, so to speak. Or we just have like really like hot and cold relationships with most of my female friends. And that didn't really even out until like my late twenties and then now where it's like I can be friends with a normal person. And well, it's just but like great. In your defense too, like having tons of girlfriends and I feel like having girlfriends in your twenties, like the relationships are kind of herbie fully loaded a little bit. A little bit. It was like it's funny because But yours had- were like yours like you hung out with some wackadoos. Like there was this one in particular <laughs> that I was like, she's like unstable. She was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, one- she's crazy. Okay. I was like I was like unnerved. I was like we uh, met each other in college. See, when you meet people when the clay hasn't dried yet, it's yeah. scary. We met each other <laughs> like, in college when I was having my like full blown like live laugh love uh, never look back live laugh spend. <laughs> yeah, I was like live laugh spend. Like I, I was just like extremely privileged. <laughs> I wish like, I knew you then. Oh my god, honey, god. I'm like I, I miss that version of myself. We would have done I, some damage together. We would have done some damage <laughs> together because I was literally like living in Chicago. I didn't really have like a good group of friends for like the first year or so that I lived in Chicago. So I just like lived in like a nice apartment and got an allowance and like went to school and just like <laughs> went shopping every single day because I had no friends. You know friends. what's sad is that your taste then, like it's like you had the most money when you had the least taste. 
So it's like you probably spent so much money on bad clothes. Yeah. Right? I, I There were some like good taste things that I had. Like, sometimes I, it creeps in. Sometimes I look at my wardrobe and I'm like, I'll like see what I wore in 2007. And like sometimes there's like, oh, wow, that was cute. I was cute. I did I did cute things in college. <laughs> but then I also just... I don't know, Laura. I've seen... Uh, what are you talking about? Well, I just feel like your style has evolved and it's really good. But I feel like sometimes... My style now like, is literally like I find a pair of... Like- <laughs> what are you... Okay, say it. Just say it. You used to just like say it, Ryan. love J-brand jeans. I'm like... Yeah, what's not to love? I don't know. Ryan, do you understand Sorry. that I'm 5 foot 11, sometimes 6 feet tall, and that... <laughs> Many until very recently. She pulls the height card. Until very recently, m- most jean brands like did not make jeans that were long enough. For I didn't me. know that. I didn't know that. So J brand was my that. obsession. And what's wrong with J brand? I, I don't know. wear them now. But I just feel like sometimes like it was like very like LA 2007 style. I was like heavily yeah. influenced by that. Wait, what else? I want to know what my style. I actually don't remember. Oh, I don't. I seriously don't. You know what I have from 2005 that I like made my dad get me in Paris? <laughs> dad? Dad, I'm in Paris. Let's start to die. I'm for the shirt that it's to die. You need to die. Dad, I'm, I'm in Paris. No, we, okay, so I'll tell this. <laughs> my dad loves I'm this. I'm If he ever, if he ever listens to this podcast, which, which he won't. But <laughs> He'd be happy that I'm telling this story. Okay, go ahead. So when I was a sophomore in college, my stepmom that I have now got breast cancer, which okay. was really scary and sad. I'm already laughing. And <laughs> I know. Hilarious I'm like, story. <laughs> um, but it was really sad and a scary thing. And so she wanted to take a trip to Paris that was like like a last like hurrah. Wow. Like, it was that serious? Well, it was Did like she- – it was. I think whenever you get a cancer diagnosis, it's pretty serious, right. but like it, thankfully she's in remission and has been in remission for a long time and had, and like had a serious battle with cancer, but is thankfully healthy now. Okay. So we can look at back at this time and laugh. Good, <laughs> she's good, good. alive yes. and doing really well. Good. And like, she gave me Botox. She's great. She's great. Um, yeah. But so she was like, I want to take a trip to Paris. Like, ev- like whoever wants to come, like come and we'll live, laugh, love. And so, it was literally the first week of my like of school at like this new college that I had transferred to. Uh-huh. But I was like, well, I just like have to go to Paris because like my stepmother has cancer. And so like, <laughs> you understand, don't you? you get it. <laughs> yeah. It's the old and they were like, breast cancer Paris trip. Okay. You know, that old trope. Yeah. So she, they like planned this trip to Paris. Me and my little brother went, my other two siblings like couldn't go. Why? Because it was literally like a last minute trip and they had school okay. and they were like, we're not going to just like abandon our lives to like go to Paris. But you were like, son, I was like, I was like, son, see you delivered. I was like on the plane. All you have to say is like, ask me if I want to go on a vacation love, and I will go, say, you'll go yeah, anywhere. I'll go anywhere. I could be like, Laura, we're going to Barstow. You'd be like, cool. I'd be like, I'm in. Yeah, you really would. <laughs> You loved the I'm trip. a traveler at heart. Yeah, you do. Um, and so Jenny was like, we're all going to go to Paris. Like, come on. And so we went to Paris and my dad and her booked rooms for us at the Plaza Atenee, which I don't know if you are familiar with Sex in the City. But the, in the final episodes of Sex in the City, like the finale of the season, that's the hotel that Carrie Bradshaw oh, stays wow. at. Damn, it's like, girl. It's crazy. Okay. So I was like 
this was back also when I was like a psycho who loved Carrie Bradshaw and like worshipped her. Oh, like when you realize, well, yeah, yeah. Well, the this whole, was like pre when you I, love Carrie Bradshaw because you're not again, yeah, because you're not like, fully awake, you're not awake. Yeah, um, you're still so asleep. Anesthesia. I was just like, we got to this hotel and like. <laughs> My brother and I are just living our truths, like, in our own room. Is this I, like, Jake? No, this is Kurt. Kurt went? Oh, yeah. So and so we, like, open up the window and, like, the Eiffel Tower's right there. And I'm, like, having, like, my Carrie Bradshaw moment. Like, I had, like, a Louis Vuitton You're speed. like a macaroon. <laughs> I know. I was, like, carrying it all around Paris. Like, ah! I, like, wore high heels every day. And even though my feet killed, no. I like, had to, like, leave whatever tour we were I would we pay, like, $20,000 to be on this I was, like, insane. I'm chic now. I You're, wore- like, jet to me. I wore like true religion boot. Oh no, no, no. I wore like rock and Republic, boot, uh, like flare jeans uh, with pointy black uh, high heels. You're like European fashion. Here <laughs> a we Louis go. Vuitton speedy and like a capelet. No. Living my truth. And so <laughs> we get to this hotel. Life is a runway. And Jenny tries to tell the hotel, like the hotel people. She's like, well, as you may or may not know, I have breast cancer and I just really appreciate an upgrade. And she thought that she could like play. No. She thought that she could no. play the cancer card in Paris where they literally don't give a shit about anyone yeah. and like get a free upgrade right. of her to ho- hotel room. And so they were like, sure, we will give you the upgrade. And they just upgraded her and charged her for like a more expensive no. room. Yeah. Oh my God. They don't, what like, a troll. Paris does not do like free upgrades. No, you could just sort. like that's collapse like, right like there at the back of your body. Thing. Yeah. Like Parisians have no feelings. There's no Kickstarter. That's what makes them so chic. There's no Kickstarter over there. They don't care. So we are like in Paris, like wa- running around for like a week. And then one day I was like, I was like, dad, we need to go shopping. Like we need to do it. We have to. And so. I we went shopping and I bought literally maybe the most hideous thing that I currently own because I cannot bring myself to get rid of them. Right, Fendi UGG boots. No. Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not kidding. It reminds me of the first big purchase I made when I came into my cerebral palsy money, and I went to like Saks Fifth Avenue and I got a True Religion black velvet blazer. No. <laughs> And I it, think I know this blazer that you're. No, did, how long did you have it for? I, you know, I had. It I feel for like a, I've seen. I had it for a long time. But no, I stopped wearing it years ago. But I had it for a long time because no one would take it. I went to all the consignment stores <laughs> in New York, and they would literally laugh at me. And I was like, "This costs like a thousand dollars," and they'd be like, "It costs a thousand dollars." Costs seven hundred fifty dollars in two thousand six, five. Yeah, yeah. And what? I, and literally, consignment how did it stores cost that much? Laughed me out of the like store every single, I could not get rid of it it was like Homer Simpson when he got that trampoline he could not he could not get rid of it that was me with the true religion blazer the vel- oh crushed God. velvet black bla- it was horrific it was the ugliest thing even when I bought it I was like this is kind of ugly and I was like anyway it's tired like I was just crazy I've held on to these Fendi boot- they're a monstrosity them. they're a monstrosity do you want to see them? them yeah I want to see them okay I'll go get them and okay. I'll show you okay I love like babe purchases oh my god you guys I'll try to visualize it for our um I want to say readers <laughs> for our readers at home well they are readers in a different way you know uh, uh, no. Yes. Shut the fuck up. Wait, Laura, those are hideous. Oh my god. Wait, what is that on the side? 
lol it's like art it's like artwork so this was like a season when fendi like Wait. they did a kind of a collection with like squirrels and stuff so it's like it's like a squirrel Wait, Laura. eating a nut like a little rubber patch of a squirrel eating a nut laura those side. are so hideous i'm obsessed <laughs> with them i know they're kind of so ugly that they're then they t- go full way around the circle and become chic again no that's you no but no they're i no 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 like if i was in i I would wear that to like a costume party almost they're very like with like they're i don't even know what decade they're like they're like how much were they i don't know that's fucking crazy did you did you ever you wore them in earnest Oh, i wore them in earnest all through college because I lived in Chicago and it was like snowy yeah. and I was like winter weather and then <laughs> winter but, wonderland. But then I got to LA and I was like, uh, I can't ever wear these because it's like the weather does not allow. And then I was like, wow, these are actually the most hideous thing I own. Right. But I can't get rid of them because they, I mean, they're Fendi, you know? Yeah. I feel like I mean, you can definitely I'm get waiting. Rid of them. I'm, you can definitely get rid of them. <laughs> you should try to put them on eBay. I wonder if they would sell. Uh, but I kind of love them though. I'm. Laura, I feel like they have to come around again. The babe still lives again. inside of you. The it ba- does. The, the babe bought those Fendi boots, and the babe is still alive. You need to kill that babe. No, I'm gonna. I'll post photos of them. They're you so. They're heinous. They're heinous. But I think you like like love them in a real way. I do. That is, makes me. I question. still kind of think they're sheep. That, Laura. <laughs> The iPod sound just gets cut off. It's like, we're done here. I would wear them with my J brands. No. Honey, scary. Anyways, so that trip to Paris ended in tears for everyone. Because the bill from the hotel came. And then... I feel like it's cool because I feel like we met towards the end of our babe years. But like still like the last, I think, first two, we were still bathing out. I don't know. It's like, it's good. We've like, we've evolved. But like we still we met each we, other at a very babe time in both of our lives. Yeah, yeah, it was true. Yeah, but then we like we we transcended. Yeah, we transcended and then right. really like became friends. Well, we were like we were like friends with a lot of psychos. I would say. Yeah, we were. We ran in a tight. We ran group in of a psychos. psycho group, and then I mean, you saw me be like psychotic to people. Who remember? I got in a fight with. Oh, where like at the museum. What museum? <laughs> a, PS, a PS1 in Queens. Oh, did we? Yeah. Oh, I didn't she, even remember that. She, like borrowed her backpack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had like, a long term. I had like I a long. I remember being there being like, this friendship is weird. I remember like seeing it being like, this is weird. They're like, they're acting like sisters, but they're not. Yeah. I had a friend that was like a long-term friend from high school that we met when we were like 16 and 17 and remained friends for about 10 years or no, like 11, and maybe 12 or 13 years. And, but we just had like, yeah, it was just a, it was a to- It was a weird, like toxic, too close sisters. It's a bummer because I feel like they're they're, they are so similar like you guys are so similar like your lol sensibilities are very similar oh it's like we're twins you're both very funny very smart girls and you know there was a way to bridge the gap and heal tbd i never say never yeah but it was like when it when it was good it was great and then when it was bad (laughs) everyone paid for like our fights and we didn't i fought with her like i would fight with family members where we would like scream at each other you guys were horrible to each other (laughs) it's a hardcore (laughs) <laughs> it was really bad <laughs> it was scary yeah you got scared 
Yeah, it was weird. It was just a weird thing to see because I didn't even really know you that well. Did you think that I was a scary person? No, not at all. But you, were you took, like you took you took you were a grower, not a shower. That that's the thing with you. You were kind of surfacey with me for like a year. Like we'd get together. Like I remember the trip that I made in LA where I feel like I finally broke in. Mm-hmm. Like I like was like, oh my god, this is like the sweet spot. Because before that, you were like kind of. You were kind of like cagey and like diplomatic. What do you mean? Like, I just felt like, like, even though I like loved you and stuff, but like, cause we met when I, we, when I lived in New York. So I would see you when I'd come to LA, mm-hmm. but I feel like there was still sort of a wall. Like, I feel like you had like a little bit of a wall up. It was actually, really? yeah, it was hard. And then it was weird. And then I feel like I it took one trip here where we hung out like every day and like, you just like broke free. Yeah. Like the, here's the thing too. Like. The, you might not remember this about yourself. You like wouldn't talk shit about people, really. What? No, you were kind of cagey, babe. I like, like I tried to get you to like get real and like let your hair down and like like whatever. And you kind of were like a little buttoned up, and you weren't. You would not talk shit. You like kind of wouldn't. You were like very. I feel like you were just diplomatic, and maybe it's because of the circumstances of which I met you and whatever, whatever. But. I don't know. Like, it took a while for you to just really like let your hair down and like, I like feel let like, my freak flag and like fly. let your and like break the like the law wall. Like yeah. you were always down to law, but it was sort of like you were just a little bit more cut off a little bit. I, that's honestly my impression of you the first year that I met you. Wow, interesting. I know, I know. And then I do you remember the trip that I'm talking about that I took? Was it the to, one where we like picked up that vagrant on the I street? I guess so. I don't actually don't remember specifically but i remember i came to la and because i had hung out with you in la plenty of times but there was this one trip that i made where we hung out like every day and i feel like you were like finally just like and like you were vulnerable you were real that's the thing like you were vulnerable you were real you were like you were willing to go there like and i feel like the first like year of our friendship you like weren't quite ready to go there i don't know that that's the feeling that i had whoa interesting did you not know that no i never knew that oh i can't believe you didn't know this I both love and dislike that about myself. Wait, why? What well, I like it because it's like, I feel like it makes me strong in a way, but I dislike it because it keeps others out. Well, by the way, in the way in. that I do friendship is not necessarily correct. I like need to go there immediately with people. Yeah. Like I'm like full throttle. Intimacy. You're like a no boundaries. I'm like, let's go. Let's talk about shit. And you need to have, you need to have a sense of humor about yourself you need to have vulnerability. I mean, there's like there's like check marks for me in friendships. And yeah. by the way, it's really hard for someone to possess all the same qualities of being hilarious, willing to talk shit, but also like being vulnerable about yourself mm-hmm. and like n- n- like uh, you know ego, having mm-hmm. a self awareness. Self awareness is key because no one darks me out more than someone who doesn't have self awareness. Yeah, and so um, I guess I just like I kind of like to stand back a little bit from people and then see like suss out what their energy is before mm-hmm. i'm willing to give a lot of my energy it was weird though because i just feel like there was a shift with you where you just like let me in well yeah like, but it took a while it took That's a while but we our relationship was long distance at first <laughs> <laughs> we'd write letters and then we came and then we'd write letters you came here and i think i do remember the trip where we hung out a lot and then there was, was one night law. where we were like we picked up some drunk guy on the street right. who was like literally blackout right and he I was know. like running we into like him. we rescued him from like running but into also, traffic on so franklin avenue for, like, picking him up yeah but we were like we picked him up and we were like you can't kill us okay like we're gonna help you but you cannot hurt us do you promise and he's like yeah yeah I promise and then we 
just asked him where he wanted to be dropped off and he told us the intersection so we just drove him to like his friend's house and then dropped him off which was like a really kind thing of us to do i know i know we saved a, fe- a fellow we saved babe. a fellow babe <laughs> and then that that moment like bonded us. i was like we can yeah. loll together and have like funny adventures together. yeah that's what it was it was like funny adventures and like mm-hmm. and again vulnerability and not taking yourself seriously and like just letting it all hang out yeah like, that was my key so it took like i took a long time but i feel like for the first time i can say my friend group is like babe free it's been babe free for a long time yeah mine too i just don't have the time to like waste the only babe babes. i can handle in my life is me yeah, truthfully. I know. like that i'm a it. full-time babe yeah it's you know? like i need to mitigate my own babeness and then i can't take on anyone else it's true like i can call them out when they're doing it and then hope that they realize the <laughs> the babes of their ways and then like fix it but for like I just can't have like a set. I can't have any psychos around anymore. No, I can't either. It darks me out and they're way too much energy. And just like, and it's, I also just don't like biting my tongue. Yeah. I don't like biting my tongue. And I also just don't, it's not worth it to be friends with anyone that makes you feel bad about yourself. I know. Like story break. That's a huge, that is a huge story break. And like what the difference, I think the biggest difference between like friendships in my twenties versus friendships in my thirties is like, I'm not friends with anyone that makes me feel badly about myself. I know. And it takes you a long time to get there because you in your twenties don't have like the self-esteem to like create that, like that, that boundary and that distance. It's yeah. like you kind of just let the garbage in cause you yourself were kind of garbage. Yeah. It, you know, or you're friends with people that are like, they lash out at you because they have like all their own demons and like hate themselves to some extent. Right. So like, they're only going to serve out that energy to anyone that they're friends with too. The friend group gets smaller, but it's quality over quantity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so now it's just like lollers only. Yeah. It is a lull group only. Mm -hmm. I feel like our listeners can relate to that. Yeah. They're a little group of lollers. They are lollers. Oh, that's why I like, I like reading their reviews. They crack me the fuck up. Yeah. They're the best. They get it. They get it. And by the way, if you're listening and you want to get involved, just rate us five stars, like, and subscribe in iTunes and leave us a rating. They are. And a review. They're, yeah. Just say we're the La Mera podcasts. Is that, or people do Someone say said that, that we're the Vintner's Daughter I know. podcast. Who said that? That's great. a genius. That was did, great. did we talk about using Vintner's Daughter on here? I think we did on one episode. Oh my God. I love it. I just got a new bottle. And I think, like, uh, also, I think the listeners should write in with their own babe friend. I yeah, love, I would love to I know. love hearing stories about other crazy friendships. I yeah. do. It's, like, very, very real to me. Do you think guys have, like, straight guys have babe friendships? I don't know, actually. I don't know either. I feel, I feel like, like I feel no, like because be... they kind of are just like, I don't know. Some of them, I guess, have like frenemy, like guys have frenemies. Like competitions. Like, yeah. Like, like, like competitions. friends that you're, they're competitive with. But not like, or friends that they like take the piss out of each other. But I don't think, I feel like straight guys approach friendship differently. I feel like to have babe friendships, you need to be capable of lots of nuance. Mm-hmm. And I feel like straight men are just straight shooters in that way yeah like i don't think that they're like or like if they fight they like physically fight and get yeah, it out of like their break system their nose and be like, Anyways, yeah and then on. they like go back and everything's fine yeah whereas like you can just like you can linger in a babe friendship for years before you finally have like the courage i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Babe, you have some weird, funny <laughs> stories about your friendships. And I think you need to... Okay, so I had this friend in college. We'll call her what? Oh, what should I call her? Um, I need to give Marissa. her a fake name. Marissa. Okay. That's a good one. So I met Marissa when we were both in college and we were really close and I moved to LA. She came to LA to visit one. Was this like the final trip? This I think was like the final time that she came to visit, but she came out here She's and I was so like, weird. I was like, oh, my friend wants to throw a dinner party for us. Like, so like, why don't we get some groceries and we'll like take some stuff over to his house, like blah, blah, blah. And so I like get the fish, like halibut or whatever. And then like I get, I was like, oh, I'll make guacamole when we're over there. Like chips and guac would be like a really good appetizer. And so I got like all the ingredients to get all the like chips and guac and fish. And Marissa was like, I'm not paying for any of this. And I was like, okay, like, would you maybe be okay like just splitting the chips and guac with me and she was like no i'm not i'm like i'm not really hungry like i'll get a bag of chips but like that's it like i'm not really like gonna eat anything else and i was like okay uh that's fine and so i like paid for all the groceries and then we got back in the car and she wouldn't speak to me and she had bought she bought an aside from the guacamole materials that i had bought she had bought an avocado and a just bag of one. chips, just one avocado that was ripe. And then she proceeded to sit in the car and give me the silent treatment and eat the avocado like it was an apple. She took a bite out no. of the, Yeah. She no. took a bite out of the... Stop it. <laughs> she, took a, she literally took the avocado and just started munching on it? Yeah. She no. She bit into it and no. then ate it like an apple. Were you like literally like she's losing her mind? Yeah. And then we went to this dinner and my friend made dinner for us. And then she left <laughs> halfway <laughs> through. She left halfway know? through the dinner and then just like walked back to my apart or just like disappeared. Did she explain why she was going? No. She was like, oh, no. This was he was living in Venice. And she was like, I'm going to go walk by the ocean and just left uh, and like left for the last like oh two hours. Oh, my God. Babe. It was a lot. That's fucking... I love a raw avocado munch. It was a really... Yum, yum, yum. One time I was visiting Chicago and I was staying with her and I was like... We were like... She lived above a Whole Foods and we were like, let's get snacks for like lunch or whatever. Yeah. And we went down to Whole Foods and we're like grocery shopping and I had like my arms full of like... I had like watermelon and like a bottle of water or something and I really wanted a croissant and I was like, hey, Marissa, will you hold this for me for just a second? Like asking her so i could get a croissant and she was like i'm not your slave and then (laughs) and then walked away um marissa was out she was out of control and then later i found out like we had a falling out because i told her that i like didn't want to write like she really wanted to like write something together and i just told her i was like i don't want to i really don't want to write this with you like you live in chicago like i live in la like i don't want to write also just no and she flipped out at me and sent me like text after hate like just a series of hateful texts and then i was like okay well i guess i did myself a favor because this person's clearly like bonkers and then last year during the election I was following her on Snapchat and I would look at her snap story sometimes and she was like a full blown Trump supporter. 
That's fucking like, crazy. Would posting like she'd be like MAGA, like posting. Like, no, she'd be like send Hillary to fucking prison where she belongs, like all the shit. And I was like, oh my god. And I just no. started. I started screenshotting them because I was like, this is too amazing. Like I have to. Then she started screenshotting all my stuff, <laughs> and she was like, you can play this game, like a screenshot war, and it was a screenshot, a screenshot war. war. And yes. then and then yes. she eventually so blocked me and then but now she like lives in malibu i think no she doesn't yeah she like moved. she lives here yeah oh she God. moved to california yikes but i don't know why well, you're really not scary. friends anymore wow the uh, avocado the eating the raw avocado like an apple was a moment that was where i bone that's babe chilling. I, no that's that babe chilled chilling. me to my core i was like <laughs> can you even imagine we're sitting in my car and i'm in the driver's seat and i was like i was trying to talk to her and she like wouldn't speak normal, to me she's eating an and then avocado. she just looked me in the eye and bit into an avocado like an apple and ate it babe that's a hint <laughs> like, i'll show you with your guacamole games yeah i'll show you she taught me a lesson i'll just bite into this raw avocado yeah yum, like normal mm-hmm. yum 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 um the last babe I fight I ever had was actually at your book party for psychos. Mm-hmm. And you remember this. And so oh, our, God, yeah. our friends, Carmina, who I love so much, but they definitely bring out my inner babe. They like, they, they like light they me up. They fan the babe flame. Oh, they do. Like we have gotten into some babes together. Yeah. So they were there and my friend Garrett, who I'm still dear friends with. I'm like, I've known him since I was 15 and, uh, we are we're great friends, but we've also have like her street together. Cause this one time we like rented a beach house in Venice, <laughs> and it was right after I got hit by a car, and it, I was like mad at him. I actually can't really remember. All I know is that I was like, I'm gonna go to, to CVS, and then just like never came back. <laughs> just <literally laughs> to the left. beach house. Yeah, you left him left, there. Left him there, and you didn't have a car, and he like was stranded. Uh- with our friend, our other friend. So he wasn't like completely alone. But it was just like, and then he was like, where are you? Are you coming back? And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> just like. <laughs> so anyways, we, um, so basically, um, we were at your book party and um, our friends, Karen Renee, Renee had made a cookie out of herself, like a picture. You know those picture cookies? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And allegedly... <laughs> Eric, <laughs> Eric, Garrett took the cookie and dangled it out of the window and was like, goodbye. <laughs> like, Did he drop it out the I, window? I don't know. I think he threatened a taxi? to. taxi? I think he, no, out the hotel window. Oh, okay. And I think he threatened to drop this cookie of Renee outside the window. And that ignited World War Three. It did, because Renee was like, are you kidding me and i was like and i was like I, I, and i like was like oh my god that's so rude how he would just take renee's cookie and th- put you know i remember to- this drama happening around me because we were all at the book party together and we all left together in a group and like i remember you trying to convey to me what was going on because everyone it was, was everyone was like distraught and i was like what is happening i was like, like you don't understand and Garrett, took like, the Garrett took the cookie and like threatened and i was like who they're literally <laughs> fighting about a cookie like i can't i don't follow he took this cookie that was in renee's likeness and he took out the window threatening that it was it was and then really you guys were like all giving oh, each other the silent think, treatment and like, like not- i think he like allegedly also like Took a tortilla chip and like threw it our way. He in threw our direction. a tortilla chip at someone, and then everyone was like having a meltdown. And th- this is like the drama that was happening between you guys was like I could not wrap my head around why everyone was so mad. Yeah. And then my dad was there, and he was really drunk, and I was like, I got to get my dad out of here. And then I was like, 
I gotta leave. So I left my book. I left the party and went and like got laid. Oh my god! Well, that's not how my not how my night ended. <laughs> no, <laughs> my night ended tortilla game. Garrett and Ro- Garrett and me screaming at each other outside your after party and being like, <laughs> like, 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 are you fucking kidding me? You're so fucking rude. And then you sent me a text, me like, you're so childish. <laughs> <laughs> It true. Was, I mean, it was true. It true. was all true. You guys got in a food fight. Yeah. 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 Essentially, it, over a cookie. I just love a cookie, like a cookie monster. We were um, cookie monsters that night. You were. That reminded me. That brings me back to. That brings me back to like us in Paris, like on our babe Euro trip. <laughs> so we're in Paris. It's like two thousand, like late two thousand eleven, and we got in this huge fight because like. We were supposed to get up early and like fly to Barcelona. And so, but like I had bought this antique like drawing at the flea market in Paris and she'd like folded it up and then like sat on it. And I flipped out at her and I was like, why the fuck are you sitting on my fucking drawing? And then we just like screamed at each other in the hotel until literally it's like some person reported us and the hotel called us Wait, and they were like, no, yes, they Wait, were someone like, reported you. Oh yeah. My God. And they were like, you yeah. need to stop screaming at each other. And so I was like, okay, fine. And so then we went to Barcelona the next day and I'm like, I'm like a big eater. Like I love food and i like trying a lot of different food if i like travel to a new place like i want to eat all the food but <laughs> it's so crazy i just like food no but weird about I'm, me. I'm saying that because marissa does not like food and when you're traveling no and when oh my you're god that's like the worst when you're traveling together it's like just two people like Food is like something that you should agree on, or yeah. else it's just like you're fucked. Because well, also you want to have someone who like wants to seek out the good restaurants. Yeah, and, and I was like, I had like made a list, like an Excel document of like every Gwyneth Paltrow recommendation in Paris and Barcelona, and she didn't want to go to any of them. Ugh. I was like, I was like, look at this open market that's like filled, packed to the brim with like meats and cheeses and fish, yum. And she was like. I was like, let's go in here. And she walked in there and then she started making like vomit sounds and she was like, Ugh. she was like, Ugh. I no. can't. She was like, I can't be in here. I cannot look at dead fish. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then flipped oh, out. Oh my left. God. Then like she wouldn't eat. She refused to eat anywhere in the market because there was too much dead fish around. And then like she, then I was like, well, do you want to go like out to dinner tonight? Like, let's go get like paella or something. And we went to this restaurant. And then she just refused to eat anything and then just made me – I was like, I ate dinner by myself while she just sat there and made faces at, like, everything I ordered. Oh, my God. And then the only place she would go was Starbucks. So we, like, went to – Stop it. Yeah. So we Wait, went to, are you joking? No, I'm not joking. Wait, Laura, that's sick. Babe, it was weird. That – Wait, that is she could only go to that she would is, only go to Starbucks. That is sick. She'd be like, I want to go to Starbucks. So we like, oh went my god, to, so we like would go to these Starbucks, and we went in one Starbucks on like the main kind of. There's like one big main street in Barcelona that like has all these like Gaudi architecture on it. It's really pretty, and there's a Starbucks there. So we go into the Starbucks, and one of the baristas was just like smoking hot. Like right. he was like covered. He was like covered in tattoos and like piercings and he was just like a true hottie. And I was really shy at the time and I had like told her, I was like, I was like, that guy's so hot, like blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, why don't you just go talk to him? Like blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I can't do it. And so 
she was like, fine, I'll do it. And then she like went up to him and she was like, my friend likes you. She thinks you're hot. Like, do you want to blah, blah, like, here's her phone number and like gave him my phone number. So I was like, as, as much as she babed, she also like babed in a good way. Well, she was always, yeah, she was, yeah. So, but until it was like all bad. Well, you need to be a babe to be able to do shit like that. Yeah. So she gave him my phone number and then he called me and he like arranged for us to all meet up after he, he spoke a little bit of English enough. He spoke enough English and the language of love. They arranged, he arranged for us all to like meet up after he got off work at Starbucks and like go get drinks. And so, so Marissa and I go to meet up with the barista. Yeah. And, uh, we're in the taxi, like headed out to this bar that he had, he was telling us to meet him at. And I said something, I said something to her that set her off. And she was like, pull over the taxi, pull it over right now. I'm getting out. I'm not, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going. And I was like, God, what are you talking about? Like it was a misunderstanding of something I'd even said. And then I like coaxed her back into the car and we like went out with this guy and we had drinks and stuff. And like, she was like babing out with like one of his friends and like dancing. (laughs) And then I was like dancing with him. And then like the night kind of rolls around to a close and he and I are like making out, blah blah blah, and he's like, "Let's go back to my place." I love that you hook up with a Starbucks guy. He was really hot. No, I love it. Um, and so he's like, "Let's go back to my place," and I was like, "Okay, but I need to go back to my hotel first because, like, I need to pack. I need to like make sure all my stuff is packed because we had like a hard checkout the next morning, and I like couldn't go back and like." press it and i was like i just need to get my stuff and make sure i have stuff like at your place so we go back to the hotel and i'm like packing things and she's like waiting in the room and she's like where do you think you're going and i was like i'm gonna go over to like christopher's house like i was (laughs) yeah i was like starbucks i was like i'm going over to his apartment like we're having a fun night and she was like you're a fucking idiot she was like he is gonna rape you and kill you is this what you want he's gonna fucking kill you and i was like he's not gonna kill me i was like he's downstairs like waiting in the lobby like there's a security camera down there like you know where i'm going yeah i know where i'm going like it's all good i promise and she was like flipped out at me like screamed at me as i was packing this bag and then i went over to the barista's house had a great night with him like woke up the next morning and went back to the hotel and she refused to speak would not look at me or speak to me for the rest of the day left the hotel would not would not get a wouldn't get like a car to the airport with me she was like made us we had to go to the airport separately to fly back to paris wouldn't speak to me in the airport wouldn't look at me in the airport would not this didn't speak to me until we had landed in paris and then we both had to go we were both staying at the same place so she had to like interact with me but like was refusing to even like interact and where's your mind at during the whole thing are you just like I was just like, she's being a fucking psycho. Like, what can I do? I feel like like when, I feel like when you have enough babes as friends, like that behavior is like normalized. Yeah. You're like, okay. You're just like another one. Okay. But if someone did that to me today, I'd be like, you're fucking insane. Like if you did that to me in Europe, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? No, I would be like, we're never speaking again. again. I'd be like, enjoy this trip because it will be your last with (laughs) me. Good night and good luck forever. Here's like a therapy. Here's like several therapies. Yeah, get your shit together. You're a fucking like maybe psycho. get on some medication. Yes. I don't know what to, else to say. Of 
course. Like, what else is there to say? There's nothing. Wow. But it's like, it was a lot of moments like that, I think. Yeah. In that friendship specifically. That's hilarious. I'm sad that you go through that, but. It's whatever. It made for good stories. Yeah, make it for good podcasts. Um, um, should we go into our babe of the week? Yeah, we should talk about our babe of the week. So I have a tie for mine. I have Tanya Harding and Monica Lewinsky because when examining one, you can't you can't not examine the other. Okay, explain, please. So I saw Tanya. I mean, it's like stupid to say like no spoilers because like her story's out there and you can know. So I didn't understand Tanya's story. I, I assumed that she, you know, did this hatchet job on Nancy Kerrigan. Did you watch that documentary I told you to watch? No. What, oh, what, what documentary? Thirty for Thirty. Um, it's an ESPN like docu series or whatever, uh-huh. but they produced a documentary about Tanya Harding called oh, wow. like The Price of Gold. Okay, and just and if you're listening and you're intrigued, look it up. You will not be disappointed. Okay. It's like the best fucking documentary. Thirty for Thirty, The Price of Gold, Tanya okay. Harding, ESPN, or your like key Google words, and then you just have to okay. figure it out from there. Um, I assumed that Tanya was just this sort of like malicious kind of like rednecky girl that like. Wanted to take Nancy Kerrigan down, and so no. she had her, no. I, I that was know. not Tanya's story. That was not Tanya's story at all. Tanya like didn't really know anything that was going on. She thought there was going to be like they were going to send like fun, living, laughing, loving death threats to her, but like she had no idea that they were actually going to like hurt her. She had no idea, and the way that she was punished and vilified by the media and by the court system is just incredible because she was banned from ever skating again. Her livelihood was cut off. Meanwhile, her fucking boy abusive husband who was kicking the shit out of her and his little little you know henchmen mm-hmm. is that how you say henchmen yeah yeah they were like 18 months there we go and they served like eight months they, so they their lives went off unscathed and she was just her life was destroyed. ruined forever destroyed and she didn't really do anything everything that she, she worked, didn't really do anything but i feel like she had to know on some level mm, i think she knew about the death threats but the way that i tanya talks about it is that she only knew about them sending her letters. She had no idea that they were going to try to hurt her. Oh, well, they they didn't even talk about death threats in the documentary. So maybe that was like an embellishment or something. Maybe. But I mean, the idea is that she got completely destroyed. Oh, she was destroyed. And her entire livelihood was figure skating. Like from the yeah. time that she was a little child and she, was, and she, she had worked so hard at it and was so good at it. And she only she got, didn't know how to got, do anything else. She got low scores because she just didn't fit into the mold of like, you know, because being, they thought that she was not attractive right. and like didn't dress well. Yeah. Seriously. So she would get low marks because she wasn't hot enough and she was like unconventional. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I like that you learned all this from Iton. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> You're the babe of the week. I know. I am. I am You're like, babe. I watched this amazing movie <laughs> called monster. And I learned about I know. Eileen, Eileen <laughs> No, but like, it just made me think of like our treatment of like Monica Lewinsky and how these women are just so unfairly maligned. Meanwhile, the men get away scot-free yeah and the women don't haven't really done anything at all besides their their real misstep was just being a woman yeah (laughs) and that was how the it just i don't know Mm -hmm. it makes you think and it makes you sad so anyway i don't think that what i want to say is that tanya Tanya and monica are not they're not babes no they're they're babe i was led i was brought up to believe that monica and tanya were both babes when in reality they weren't so that's what I want to say. Fantastic. I know. Who's I like babe? that. So yeah. every, our listeners, if you have any babes that you were brought up to feel like 
was a babe, but it was really just a babe. Well, it's, it's the typical men gaslighting women and yeah. making them believe that they're a babe when really they're just a babe. Yeah. And so also, if you're listening at home, don't let anyone make you feel like you're a babe when you know in your heart that you're, you're a babe. Yes, exactly. Um, it's really good. It's easier said than done. Yeah. But we're here for you. Yeah, we're here. Um, my babe of the week is a true babe. And it's Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> Noted climate change Noted climate denier. change denier whose house burned in the, <laughs> the California fires, fires this yeah. week. Yeah. Um, and while I don't celebrate anyone's house burning to the <laughs> ground, I do celebrate his house either burning to the ground or being damaged because no one deserves it more than Rupee. Yeah. Poor yeah. little Rupee. Yeah. The California fires are very sad because I grew up in Ventura and it's my hometown. Oh, yeah. And it got fucked up. Wait, is there a place that people can donate or do something? Do you know um, a place? Yeah, I just like donated to this. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm do embarrassed. You- so my friend Elaine still lives in Ventura. Mm-hmm. And I DM'd her being like, where can I donate? And then she sent me a link to this Instagram called Grassroots Yoga. Uh-huh. And so I Venmoed money to, to Grassroots Yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it be like some woman Did who's you just get, like, like swindled. Watch it be some woman who's like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> what did they want the money for? It just goes towards the victims and rebuild. I don't know. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. God. Now, when you make me really think about it, no, but Elaine, noted philanthropist no, Ryan O'Connell Elaine knows the real shit. She, she lives so in So, where's like a good, where's another good place? Because I feel weird telling our listeners well, if they want to donate to donate in to my, grass. In my Instagram. <laughs> This woman named Sarah Ryan's Ingram. like, Ven, please Venmo Grassroots Yoga. Please Venmo Ryan O'Connell, who will then dispense Please the- Venmo Lars Marie, who will then <laughs> tell Ryan O'Connell that she got the money. Well, you can also, in my Instagram, um, in my profile, there's a link to um, a registry for like baby shit. Yeah, so search Ryan O'Connell. Which, by the way, I think I fucked up on. This is also really embarrassing. I, I think Isn't I, there a place where you can just donate money? Don't people I just want up, money? I think I fucked up on the registry because we got diapers sent to our house. I think Ryan. I actually got sent to my house. So now I need to figure out what to do with all these diapers. I have them. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, this is really embarrassing. This is I think actually... I, I think I, my, my, my attempts at philanthropy... philanthropy philanthrop- I can't even <laughs> say it. Philanthropy. Ryan, are, I'm are, worried. I know. I'm worried for myself, too. When that bag of Huggies showed up at my you door, You are actually, I was like, what? I'm going to start faking, like, emergencies. <laughs> I'm going to be like, did you hear about, like, the crazy emergency in Botswana? And then give you, like, a Venmo address that just somehow links back to, like, Your my bank account. Bank account. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Venmo, pray for Botswana at Venmo.com. I know. I know. Stop they're it. only, they're Stop. accepting minimum donations of like $300. About the, the diapers thing. Okay, so don't really do cool. what Ryan has been doing for the Ventura fire victims. United Way, I think, is another thing. I think I read somewhere that I don't know. Maybe just Google wherever is the best place because I still don't know, and Ryan certainly Ryan <laughs> certainly doesn't know what to do. Uh, though he is trying, I'm trying. <laughs> I really am. It's not for lack of trying. I'm really trying to figure out how to donate. I am. Every day is a journey for me. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I like that you just Venmoed a yoga studio. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know and got 
diapers delivered to my house instead of Ventura. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. Honey. What's wrong with me? I know I need help. Okay, so I'm yeah, sorry. just Google. Okay. Just Google it. Google it. Google it. I'm sorry. Okay. Want to talk about Galway Girls? We got a request from... Yeah, we got a request from our readers so to talk about Gallery Girls, which is like one of the original babes. I've I been think. obsessed with Gallery Girls for a long time. When it was on the air, I, I wrote for this website called Thought Catalog and used to write recaps for it um, that were just insane. And uh, I think like I was mutual fronds with some people that knew them. So my whole life in New York was just, when am I going to run into the girls from the end of the century? And then, actually, I ran into Chantal in L.A. Yeah. She was at fucking Domain L.A., my safe place, my wine shop. We've I've seen Chantal in L.A. as well. So She haunts she haunts the scene of L.A. So, for those of you that are unfamiliar, Gallery Girls was a short-lived reality show in New York in 2012 about girls that were trying to make it into the art world, but they kind of weren't trying to make it. They were the on the world. fringe of the art They were just in the scene. Were, it was the true, it was a true goof troop of individuals. It was it like millennial lols. Oh, total millennial lols. They were millennial lols. And uh, they were like, they were like, it was like supposed to be like hipsters versus like uptown girls. It was yeah. like supposed to be downtown versus uptown. And the downtown girls were these, like I called them gallery ghouls. Cause like they ran this, this uh, sweatshop. <laughs> end of century and where they just sold like you know like a devil's brooch for like two hundred dollars yeah you know? and then uh and, and like were, art for like 17 that was just garbage just like, like garbage bad art. art yeah and uh chantal one of the women like who you know so we watched it we, was chantal we it claudia and then and their friend Lara. Who was not cool enough to make it on the show. No, Lara oh, and then, was and then like Angela, always cut out. The morose photographer who was obsessed yeah. with moroseness. Mm-hmm. She was obsessed with being morose. She actually was borderline funny sometimes. She kind of was. She like, kind she of was, was funny. So she was grating and awful. So grating. But then she actually kind of was funny and maybe slightly in on the joke. Slightly. I loved it when she admitted that she shoplifted at Barney's all the time. Love. Like, they gave no fucks on that show. They, like, talked about everything. Yeah. It was weird. It's one of the best one-season reality shows of all time. And then they talked about, like, there was, like, so Chantal was truly the devil. I mean, actually, rewatching it, I was like, Chantal, Chantal is Satan. Evil. Yeah. Like, truly just, like, a little gremlin la- lady being like, he, he, She he, gets he, off on tearing ter- other people down. And literally just, like, emotional terrorism yeah. starring Chantal. So like, Chantal and Claudia, like basically I think Chantal can, or Claudia convinced her mother to like invest in, this, invest in their in this clothing dream. store, this art dream gallery. To sell like skeleton pendants. Yeah. And so, and Claudia was supposed to be in charge of the art side of the gallery, like right. selling art. And Chantal was in, in charge of the fashion side, which right. was like buying merchandise and then like making sure she, they, they wanted to have it sale. in Manhattan because they thought there was a space for something a little bit more unconventional. That's how she thought. <laughs> like I had my French press, I had my yoga, and I'm ready to work. Yeah, <laughs> but then she would start crying. And so Chantal, thing, Chantal would- was disturbing yeah like like she really was like unhinged because she was the queen of like gaslighting and making you and manipulation of like being like i think you're just like projecting your stuff under me she wouldn't show up for work and then she would and then when she did show up and claudia was like hey like can you please show up for work like you haven't even been here and blah 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 chantal would then just start weeping crying and then like accuse claudia of like taking too much adderall and being like abusive and like and it was just like what the what the fuck, fuck are you talking about? I know. And she had this weird boyfriend 
and Spencer. And I feel like I, I think I wrote in my recaps that they secretly just murdered couples all across Brooklyn. Like, yeah. they, like lure people into their sex dungeon and just like kill them. And also there was the other girls, Liz, Maggie, Carrie, which dude, no one cared about the girl from Staten Island with a dream. Yeah. Carrie, uh, like, she, but was also here was, there. could afford a West village apartment. Yeah. Carrie she was like stunning stable. She I know, like but a like, stable it was, human a, it was being. like, I don't know how I'm going to make this work. Meanwhile, she has like a one bedroom in the West Village that's stunning. Yeah. Carrie was fine. Oh, and then Amy, this kind of like melted, was, melted inbred cupcake of a human being. She Amy was. She was, was inbred. She was the mega babe. She was inbred. Of Gallery Girls. She literally. The number one babe. It was like, because she was so insecure, so desperado, desperado for any kind of friendship. She'd like bribe people to be her friend. Yeah. She'd be like, cupcakes? Anyone want, I got brought cupcakes. Cupcakes? And it was very, and she, she talked like she was a 90 year old woman who smoked two packs a day. She was like, I'm done downtown. I'm at a party. I'm at a mid purple. And she's she like, was, she's like, my job pays my rent so I can not work and turn and party. <laughs> yeah, she was always like at least like four glasses of wine deep at any given moment. She's like the kind of girl like you'd be brushing your hair at your night in your bed, your, your bedroom, and she'd be like knock knock, and she'd be like floating above and like knocking on your window, like ready for friend, like can I come in? And they'd be like, how'd you get up here, <laughs> Amy? She was really sad. Yeah, she's really sad. And then there was Maggie, who was like a ghost of a human being who, who couldn't talk who like, could not she's talk. like actually she was like brain dead traumatized no i know she was because she had well, had actually a, well she had had a sexual relationship with, with her boss, eli her eli the, which, which is, by the way i did not pick up on the first time i watched it but the next time neither, i was like oh, eli is a toxic like, masculinity oh, yeah he's like terrorized he's her at work they had sex and then now she's in this like abusive relationship with him so where abusive. she's like his unpaid intern that he like just slave. like verbally abuses all the it time was so and like twisted. psychologically abuses and she takes it and then like but also now has like a new boyfriend in the show and like it's just like shocking it's actually like her life is is actually maybe the darkest yeah she was also because she has no she couldn't talk like no it was actually insane like and she tries to go out for another job and then she thinks she got it she thinks she got it she did a terrible job terrible job and then amy got the job amy waltzing in hey guys (laughs) ready to work Did Amy get fired from that job though? No, no she got Amy it. like excelled at the job. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The best part was when they went to Miami and Amy's like, Amy, with they the, go to Miami for desperate. Art Basel. She's desperate to be in with the end of century girls. So, like, so the end of, end of century girls are trying to find like a pop-up shop. And Amy's like, Oh no, I'll just spend, <laughs> I'll just spend $4,000 to get you your own pop-up shop. She's like, it's an investment. <laughs> and they were just like, what? They were like, and also the end of century girls were so mean that instead of being like, thank you, Amy, they were like laughing at her, being like, wow, like, sure, what a freak loser. Let her pay like yeah. thousands of dollars yeah. to host like a They were like, what event. a loser Amy is. Thanks, I guess. Loser. And it was just like, it was insane. Yeah, they let her do the event and then they had the event, which like no one came to. And the whole time they were like, this is embarrassing. Like, this is actually humiliating. Like, and yeah. laughing about this person that, I like, know. gave them thousands of dollars to, like, sponsor them, essentially. And Amy's just like, hey, guys, just happen to be here. <laughs> it's just, like, so sad. And he's, like, ro- running around on the street, like, trying to recruit people to come into their, like, end of she century She also pop-up. looked like she was 75 years old. She she did. That's not. And then, like, they did her, like, and she always just looked a little bit, like, she rolled around in the mud and just like, I, it was not, 
she it was weird she, she was, was rough around the she edges. was she was rough yeah yeah oh poor amy i think everyone knows an amy mm-hmm. yeah so i think that was like so we in toxic friendships like the oh most, i guess that's very yeah. i guess the gallery girls were all toxic yeah they're the, like the ultimate Awful. toxic female friendship right and if you see Chantal run oh my god <laughs> she will i, I think she, she will, literally murder someone no she will suck your blood it was it was shocking how cruel she was she just didn't care. She was like, <laughs> and she always walked with like a hunch. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like her, she's like, Chantal's rail thin. Rail thin. Her bones are jutting out at all angles and yeah. she's kind of hunched over and she's like a chic Nosferatu. Yeah. She's like <laughs> trying to be Mary Kate, but. She's a true vampire. She's like a wannabe Mary Kate. Yeah. Yeah. But only Mary Kate can be Mary Kate. Only there's only one. <laughs> Mary Kate, the only person on planet Earth to get plastic surgery to make herself look older. It's chic. I know, but like she, she literally was like, "I'm done being 30. I want to be 45." She's like, "I want to be Anne Bancroft in the adaptation of uh, Great Expectations." Um, I'm just looking at people. Did we get emails? Does yeah. No one write, babe. No, they did. They did. Yeah. You didn't tell me this. Lizzie wrote us an email. What'd she say? Lizzie <laughs> says. Lizzie says, Lara, I'm obsessed with you and Ryan. You are the Lemaire of podcasts, and I'm obsessed with the high school childhood family stories. Also, couldn't stop lolling when you said your dad needs an assistant to communicate, a.k.a. your stepmom, because my dad does the exact same thing via his wife, Teresa. <laughs> doormat, doormat wife, Teresa. Is <laughs> that a specific perfect name? Teresa, doormat wife. I love that. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Oh my god! Shout out to all the dads out there that can't just like communicate their feelings and emotions and like desires. They need their like wives to take over. Laura, you responded to her already. I don't get any of these things. Well, you need to sign up for the email. I don't know how to do it. You haven't told me. Literally, people email me and they're like, "Hey, Lara, I know Ryan won't do it. Won't see this, <laughs> so they just talk to me." Oh, really? But yeah, put the email wanna, on your phone. I want to know more. Wait, we'll get other things. Okay, this is great because I actually want to talk about Cat Marnell. Oh yeah, where where is it? Cat Marnell, right there. Oh yeah, Paige writes. This is a tired. This is tired AF because of her recent book. But Cat Marnell, I'm worried about her. Like she's still totally on one all the time, and her book just like gave fuel to her mentally ill bonfire. What's your opinion on the popularity oh. of her book? Might have affected her. Um. Okay, I have feelings about this. Do you want Do you want to talk about this? You talk about it. Okay. Well, you obviously have you have feelings, and this is a this is actually a a topic that Ryan and I have discussed a lot of times. Well, I'm a Cat Marnell stan, and and Laura kind of isn't, but and I think. I think that you not standing for her, I think your feelings are valid, but I also think they come from a place of jealousy sometimes. Why don't which... we talk about your feelings about her and then I can represent my own feelings okay. about her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I to, appreciate, well, I appreciate you speaking on my friendship. behalf. <laughs> um, okay. So Kat, I've, I actually know Kat kind of, I mean, we kind of came up together in the same time, like in the blogosphere. And she was like sort of the star writer of XO Jane. I was sort of the star writer of Thought Catalog. And we were like fans of each other's work. And I met her once. She came to a reading I did in the East Village. And um, she was exactly how you think she would have been. I It actually was kind of shocking. She Talking to her was really difficult because she has such Adderall brain that it's like scrambled eggs. Like she couldn't complete a thought. It was very weird. It was so weird because on the page – she like snap crackles and pops and she kind of, she's fucking funny and she's dark and all those things. But in person, um, she can't 
really get it together to like form like a coherent thought. I don't think. So that was weird. That was sort of like, ooh, okay. And um, we shared the same drug dealer. (laughs) This guy, Jonathan, who um, made me listen to his poetry when I bought drugs from him. Whoa. It's a hefty price to pay. It was a hefty. He's like, you're a writer? Me too. Let me show you some things. And I was like, (laughs) I immediately like popped like five burgers at my mouth. I was like, "Mm, time to enjoy this. Um, Any hoosie. uh, Oh, yeah. And I was really addicted to pills when I. So I kind of felt this like kinship with Kat. And, uh, but yeah, I think it's sad. I think I, her book I thought was amazing, but I think that she is sick and she always will be sick. And, uh, I think that this idea of like, oh, well, we, we, we fueled her mental illness and we've enabled her addiction and all that stuff. She was going to use regardless. I mean, she's going to use regardless. Like she doesn't really have a bottom in sense, like in terms of like finances and stuff. So I actually think that she's, I think that it's really important that you write about, uh, drug addiction and you don't always write about it from like the rearview mirror you write about it when you're going through it and i think that's a really valuable perspective that we don't always have and i also think it's really important for a woman to talk about doing drugs and being fucked up and she doesn't really make any apologies for being that way which mm-hmm. i kind of think is refreshing and uh interesting and i just think that it's important to have her voice and also i think she's a really good writer yeah and she's like doesn't like her writing is never boring and she always has an interesting spin on things. And uh, I, I think that she's going to do what she's going to do. So whether or not she has fame or book money, she's going to do what she wants to do. So I don't really feel like we've enabled her in any way. Um, my thoughts are that she's definitely a babe. Yeah, she's a she's total babe. A 100% she's babe. A total babe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at first, I read her book when it first came out or maybe even before it came out like a gal or whatever. Uh And I really, I live for an addiction memoir of any kind. Like it's some of my favorite genre of like writing to read. So at first I was like irritated because I mean, I think I'm mostly used to the addiction memoir as like, this is what I've been through and this is how I got out of it. Even though I do think that the getting out of it part tends to always bore me and I may or may not like give up reading at that part because I do just like like a sordid addiction tale. And at first I was at first I was just like rubbed the wrong way because I thought it I did think that the book reeked of like this unchecked privilege and like it just it just irritated me. And then with distance from it, I've actually like grown to appreciate it a lot. And good. I think that she is a really good writer. She's a and really I think good that, writer. There's no denying that. No, think. there's not. Like I can't like one thing I cannot say about her is like her writing sucks. It's like it's like it's a really K hole when you it's read addictive. it. It's I mean, addictive. It's addictive. Like, she has an impressive writerly flow. Yeah, and a good and a unique style. And yeah. it's like you feel like you're in her brain and everything. Like I'm like, would I want to meet her? Absolutely not. But like, would I like to read no, everything she her. writes? Yeah, I'll read everything she writes. Yeah. And it's weird. It's kind of like she's kind of like a Vanderpump Rules character. And the more that she crashes and burns, the more entertaining she is. Well, so she's just been in Europe for like years, essentially, at this point now. She just went to Europe. Yeah. Her book came out and she's been traveling alone, I think, in Europe. She just makes me the whole. Okay. So the whole thing with me, her makes me very sad. It's like when I saw that photo of her with a wig, um, you know, she started wearing wigs because she yeah. burned her hair out all like she was on tons of speed and she just. I think she fucked up her hair. She was like dying her hair and then she went too crazy and then her hair fell out. 
So she had to start wearing wigs. And I just remember when her book came out, seeing that author photo of her smiling and wearing a blue mermaid wig, I was like, oh, that's that's very sad because she's still so in the throes of her addiction that she just felt lost her hair in an Adderall rage. So I was like, that's just really sad. I mean, I, there's no else way to put it. I mean, it's just, it's a bummer. So I feel for her and I feel for her still being in, in her addiction. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, it's just interest. It's it, it'll be interesting to see if like she makes it out the other side at all, and like how what that journey will. will even look like. And then if she does, I don't know. It's just a weird. It's a weird place to be in. I think as a writer, because it, I'm sure that she must feel to some extent I like miss, I'm not exciting if I'm sober. I miss because her, her writing is so like the whole crux of it is like this person's so fucked up and will like write all about it. I miss her beauty writing a lot because she, she interwove personal stories with uh, a beauty recommendation. Yeah. And I thought having that was actually so brilliant because the beauty industry is so buttoned up and so chaste. So for someone to make beauty recommendations and put it within this relatable context of the best lip liner that like won't come off on someone's dick or like, or like, um, you know, the best whatever shampoo, if you're like not getting any sleep and you're like, you know, you're being a party girl. I thought I've never seen beauty light writing like that before in my life. Mm -hmm. I thought it was so smart. And I think that, I think that it took, wasn't she going to return to exo Jane for she had one. Yeah. Yeah, But but then she like barely could do that. Yeah. So it's like, so anyway, I really liked learning about her life through the context of her beauty writing. And I think without the beauty writing, it can get too much. It can get like, you kind of almost need to soften the blow with like a great lipstick recommendation. Or like, I just think that like seeing those two, seeing them combined, the beauty and the personal was really interesting to me. And I thought I'd never seen that before. And I just wish that she did that. I wish that she like went back to beauty writing because she's so good at it. But I think she's also become like her own. Well, she like, she's she like herself into a corner is what she did. Yeah. And she's become like such like a caricature of herself almost in a way that it's like, this is just who she is now. Like, I think it would be taking a step backwards to like go be a blogger or like writing about beauty somewhere. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but I'm like, would I read any book that she writes? I just, like, I just feel like, cause you know, I used to write about my personal life a lot and I still sort of do sometimes, but I, I you love getting a little bit personal, a little well, bit yeah, raw. Of course. But it's like, I am so glad that I don't do that for a living anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad because I feel like it can be so exhausting and not always really healthy. Like I had this column for vice called disability diaries where I was going to like examine my disability, like in every facet of my life. And it turns out that it was like not healthy to look at your life through the lens of your disability. Always. I just felt like that really did me dirty. And I just feel like for her to always be having to write her about her addiction and her, how sad her life. It, it just, I don't know. I'm like, wow, honey, I'm just, uh, I feel bad for her. Yeah. It's a TBD. Yeah. <laughs> It is a TBD. It's a true TBD. Who knows? Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. Well, thank you to everyone that wrote in. And also, if you're wanting to write to us or suggest a babe, please do. do. Just write babepodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to address any and all of your concerns. Oh, and then let us know if... Um, you don't mind us reading out the podcast. Oh yeah, just if you if you don't want us to read your email, just say just say it. Say either way what you are okay with, and then we will respect your wishes. 
or not. <laughs> All right. Love you. Bye. All right. Love you guys. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.